Taking time to pause and be in God's presence allows us to know without a doubt what his voice sounds like. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we are diving into season two to talk with women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. If you're new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. And I also want to invite you to commit to your growth and development. Wouldn't it be cool if you listened to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? How can you do it? Very simply, subscribe wherever you consume this content. And also, we encourage you to download our burnout prevention guide, which can be found in the show notes. And if you download that, we'll send you an email with all sorts of good information that you need to know about to be a part of our community of leaders. We are going to work really hard to give you high quality content. And if this content is helpful, will you do us a favor? What you can do for us is follow us on social media, write a review, and continue to engage with our organization. If this is helpful, post and share with others. Let's dive in to new content if you're ready to grow. I am so excited to be joined today by Carly Mock, who is really, really involved. She works at Bio Girls in Fargo, North Dakota, and she's very passionate about helping young girls build confidence and self-esteem. And then also Carly really has been on this new journey of discovering her purpose and developing that story. And so I just really admire Carly. I'm I'm so impressed with all of her work and I'm so excited that she can join me today. So thank you, Carly, for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is so much fun and I I guess just right off the bat, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, what you're all about? Sure. Um, Well, like she said, I am Carly Mock, and I was born and raised here in Fargo, North Dakota. And um, I've got two little boys at home, a five-year-old and a one-year-old, and they keep me busy. And uh, Bio Girls is my girl fix where I don't have the girls at home, but I get to help them build their self-esteem and come up with that plan where we can continue to grow that impact and reach just one more girl every single year. Um, And so it's something I've really become passionate about. Um, And many years ago, well, not many, but about four years ago, my life kind of took a big, big turn and got kind of a course correction opportunity, if you want to call it that. Um, And and I got really sick. And so coming out of that illness, I really um, was able to find my faith again and uh, re-dig into that and really have it a focal point of the directions I would take thereafter. So, hmm. well, let's talk about that a little bit because I know something that I personally struggle with, and I think a lot of other women struggle with, is we feel like we have to be a good friend, a good coworker, a good mm-hmm. mom, a good this, a good that. But then also we have to be a good Christian. And I think, you know, as a woman of faith myself, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking. I really need to put God and put my faith first, but sometimes it's hard in the busyness of the day to day to make God a priority. And so Mm -hmm. in your experience, I mean, how do you incorporate 
faith into your life and even into the, the workplace? Yeah, I mean, really up until recently, I haven't been that good at doing it daily and being that committed um, in the word on a daily basis. Uh, but I have always had this um, innate ability to to really be able to hear and see the messages and really follow without much question. And so I've always had that in me. Uh, and, and up until recently, I, I got baptized at Prairie Heights. And I feel like ever since then, it has been one thing after another where uh, God is just so loud and um, obvious in every step uh, that I've taken since. And so I've really been diving more into the word and learning um, and how I do that is uh, daily. I've made time for myself with the two littles at home. I, even if it's 15 minutes, I go downstairs by the fire and just sit by and, um, and do a book study that I've been doing at uh, the book of James right now, uh, which is really has been a really practical guide for me and convicting at the same time. <laughs> Um, of just the way that I I want to be more of, and then also where where I think I'm doing it right, and so it's been um, a really good guide for me, and I've been really kind of giving that time to him first thing in the morning, and it's been uh, a really good shift. Now at work, we have an awesome thing in our break room or our printer area. We have a giant uh, sheet that says the power of prayer, and we all put our you know whether it's our goals or um, something in our personal lives that we need prayer on, uh, we have prayer circles in there. And so each of mm -hmm. us, as we go in and out of there, printing things, grabbing things, supplies, we see each other's, what's on each other's heart. Um, and we're able to go ahead and circle that for each other and, and be there for one another in, in a very visible way. So mm. that reminds me of that um, book you gave me, The Circle Maker. Yes, that's where we got it from. It was just, you know, with with bio girls, we have a piece of devotion within our program. And we thought, why not have that a part of our everyday and a part of our big goals and dreams for the amount of impact um, that we're having? Why not have him in every step of that? When we have these big audacious goals, he should be right there beside us during those. And so putting those on our prayer circles and having that the forefront of everything that we're doing is, is what we've incorporated. Mm. I have so many questions already. You've said a number <laughs> of things that really have sparked in my head. But one of the things too, I've I've been hearing this from a lot of different friends lately, and it just seems like it's really speaking to me. And I want to know your input. Um, you said that all of a sudden God's voice is really loud, mm -hmm. um, and I think that there are a lot of women out there who don't feel that way they they're they're confused they're they're struggling and they're like god i i can't hear your voice mm -hmm. um I, what advice do you have for women that are in that position of like i want to hear god's voice but i am having a hard time really hearing it in my life yeah i'd say very simple is to just slow down and to pause and take those moments and embrace those pause moments because we're always going so fast that I feel like, especially as women, we want all the information before we make the next step. And so you probably are hearing him and you probably are getting those signs, but we're just going so fast that we're not taking that time to really recognize what he's guiding you to do because we're just going to the next thing way too quick. Um, and it, oftentimes it just takes that moment of just stepping back and having that pause moment that you can really listen or just 
follow blindly. Don't ask too many questions. And if you, you feel the calling some direction, just take it, you know, um, leave the fear with him. And that's where I feel like you really get that, that really louder voice and that louder sign. And then also that feeling that you can take a breath and it's not all on you. When you give that up, it is like the most freeing thing you can have, because I feel like right now I'm running a million miles a minute just because of all the things that I'm doing and getting involved in. But yet I've had the most energy that I've had. And I think that really comes down to getting myself in the right things and for the right reasons that align with what he wants me to be doing. And so that everything is just being charged and energized by that purpose that he's giving me. <clears throat> and so just really relying on taking those little inklings, whether it's a sign that you get or whether it's a song you hear or it's a name you, you know, you hear in your head or it's a dream. A lot of times I get, you know, these dreams that I'm like, oh, I wake up and I was like, I need to talk to her. Or it's just those little mm -hmm. moments. Um, and just go. I've always just had that. Just go. I don't really ask too many questions. <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. I think oftentimes, even as, as Christians, we we sit and we wait because we're waiting for this big sign. Mm -hmm. But it Huge. sounds like yeah. what you're saying is that it's the little nudges. It's those little moments, those little whispers where just that small action can be exactly what God's wanting you to do. 100%. I feel like sometimes we need those big signs, especially those who aren't as willing to just follow. And so he will eventually give you those, you know, but then after that, it's up to you to continue um, to make that happen. He's not going to give you, I, I read an analogy. It was like uh, when you're going off of your training wheels and your, your parents are beside you and you're on these wheels and then they're with you every step of the way, giving you every guidance and then you take them off, but you still have to do the work. And so he'll give you these signs and direction, but he's not going to carry you all the way through. There is the work that you need to do you know, along those lines. Hmm. You still yeah. have to pedal. Yeah, exactly. Pedal yeah. your feet, keep moving. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's, that's so powerful. I know, I know for you, you've had some pretty, um, pretty big life events that have led you to um, this place where you're at. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about, um, I know you gave that women connect talk mm -hmm. about kind of your journey towards success, but what you ended up finding in the end, I would love, you know, your kind of abbreviated version of that story, because I think it has a lot to do with who you are and your mission towards um, helping people find purpose. Yeah, I abbreviated version. I don't know if I've ever given that. Let me, oh, let me well, give it a shot. <laughs> it doesn't have to be short. I no, no, no. It's good. It's good to be shorter. I it oftentimes gets too long. So, um, no, about um, four years ago, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And up until that point, I've been a pretty healthy individual. And, um, you know, I haven't had too many rough patches in life. I've always um, had the luxury of, you know, growing up in a healthy home and great parents and um, good friends and not too many hardships uh, as a child and growing up. And um, once I got sick, it it took me into a very deep spiral really quick. Um, you know, I was diagnosed and then within a month I was uh, spending time in the hospital admitted for um, twice there over a month time period. So I spent over 30 days in the hospital and um, it was looking really grim. I mean, I went through a lot of different treatments and 
nothing was working. Um, I had a one-year-old son at the time. It was really hard to leave him and, and be in the hospital alone, you know, every, every night. And so um, we ended up having three surgeries that uh, saved my life and I'm so thankful for. Um, but at 30 years old, you're, you're waking up and you have a, a temporary stoma and ostomy bag and you're looking down going, what just happened? You know, um, it just was nothing that you can prepare yourself for as an individual, as a family. Um, you know, it was hard on my husband and, and my kid. I, I even look back just recently going through some journal entries and just, I remembered so clearly how he Dawson kind of, um, it's like he turned on me. <laughs> he was a mama's boy. And then he was kind of like, um, not angry with me, but just was really attached to dad for a long time. Um, and I, I think it's because I was gone for so long. And, uh, you know, it was just those two at home. And, um, but I just remember like, being so emotional about that detachment it seemed to give us. Um, and so I just fought tooth and nail to get that back. And luckily we did, but it was it didn't take long. But I just remember those really emotional moments of um, just losing that closeness with him for um, a while there. But uh, during those moments, I felt like um, God was just fighting for me. Um, and I just had to be still and understand the challenge that he was placing in my life to, to guide me to more purposeful living. And um, it did just that. I mean, I woke up and I basically had a midlife crisis and uh, woke up with a newfound purpose for life and um, a really good chance to dive deep into what I was doing and, and what I wasn't doing and really get back out and, and live on purpose um, and start serving others. You know, I wasn't doing any of that uh, prior. Um, so it, it really just found a new purpose in life for me, which was to to give back to others. And, um, you know, my biggest strength, I think, is is growing relationships and being around people and uh, clearly talking. <laughs> but I really found a way to use those strengths for, you know, so much more good and to be an advocate for things that I am extremely um, passionate about with adoption and ulcerative colitis and and things like that to help others along the way. Mm. Well, and it sounds like, um, you know, one of the things I love to talk to others about is um, what is success, mm -hmm. right? I know different people have different definitions of success, but I can't help but think that after going through um, an experience like that, that your definition of success probably completely yes. Yeah, I mean, I was in corporate America at the time. Um, and so I was about 10 years in and was just constantly feeling like I needed to get to the next step to the next step and to prove myself as a female and, um, you know, what success looked like there. And to me before that was just getting to the top of that ladder. And um, that's when you know, you've made it and you've got a team and you've, you're just at the top. And that's where success lives. And um, I was really driven by that that ego driving up that ladder. Um, and I wasn't driven by anything that had set my soul on fire at all. Um, and so after coming out of that, it took me about a week back into the real life of work was like, what am I doing? This has little to no purpose. Um, I'm working 70 hours a week. Uh, so much stress, which was so hard on my body, um, hard on my marriage, I would come home and We'd be at each other's throat because I was just so stressed and um, 
would of course take it out on the people you love. It just somehow comes mm-hmm. out that way. And so it was just not worth it. You know, that wake up call was just that moment of um, realizing what the point of life is. And it wasn't that. So. So for those women who are tuning in and listening, who maybe are kind of in that rat race and trying to balance mm-hmm. and struggling because maybe they haven't experienced some sort of life changing experience like you did. I mean, what advice would you have for those women that are, are really in that, um, that pursuit of success, but also maybe even recognizing that, Hey, I probably should slow down. I mean, I know you mentioned slowing down as one advice before, but are there other things that come to mind? Yeah, I think had I stayed in that, um, and you know, towards the end of my career there, I tried to make the changes that I would suggest now, or I was leading a team and I was trying to go to bat for them and try to, you know, lead by example of not working those hours and teaching them that it doesn't matter at the end of the day, let's just do what we can. And just being that type of leader without feeling like you're going to get the backlash. And even if you are still standing true to what you um, believe in, because you're not, you will be purposely helping those below you or around you by being true to who you are and standing up for boundaries in the workplace and mm-hmm. and being an advocate to set those and lead by example. Um, I think there's a great example. We were just making a ton of phone calls for Giving Hearts Day and I got a gal's um, voicemail and she was a realtor and she said she was kind of going through her name and then it was, if this is after the hours of 6 p.m., I'm spending time with my family and I will get back to you tomorrow. I was like, there you go in the most fast paced and time driven uh, occupation there is, I would argue, I think that was uh, leading by example and saying, you know what, if I miss a sale, I miss a sale, because my family is more important. So there's so many little things that you can do within the job that you are at, um, to give yourself more peace, more boundaries, and less burnout. (laughs) No, that's so cool that you brought that up. I know, Yeah, the voicemail thing. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's so, so cool. And then like the um, out of office, being very specific with your out of office, I think can be really helpful. Um, Any other ideas or tips that you've used that for setting boundaries? Um, I am not the best at setting boundaries, um, but I'm learning. I um, Luckily, I work in a place now where uh, it is a lead by example situation, and she is very understanding of, um, you know, family and life in general, um, and just understands the importance of not only what we're doing, but our lives, you know, we have things that come up and she's super flexible. So right now, I feel super blessed. But I, I would say when I was in the thick of it, it was just don't dim your voice. I mean, we just, I've talked to so many people who are in or were in corporate where they spoke up and then they were scolded by doing so. And they, and should I just be quiet? You know, should I, they're asking these questions of, is it me? Like, I feel like anytime I push the envelope, like I'm getting the one that's being scrutinized. And I just looked at her and was like, then you need to leave. I Right now, I hate to say to leave your corporation, but maybe you need to have a conversation about 
the true reality of what's going on. And if they're not willing to change, then just standing up for who you are and your values is important and maybe they'll adjust or maybe they'll find you another position that might work better for, um, for your daily life and not feeling so stressed. Well, and you speak to a good point. I think a lot of women are afraid that if they tell their boss or their manager, um, that they're feeling a little bit of burnout. I think there's this fear that if they even admit it, that they'll be yes. you know, fired or they'll yep. be out the door. Um, and so that's something that I'm really intrigued by too, is like, why, um, why, well, one, why does it have to get to that point where mm-hmm. um, someone gets to the point of burnout where their manager hasn't even noticed, like, cause you can usually see signs in people. Yep. Um, if they're starting to feel exhausted. And so I don't know, do you have any tips for leaders, how they can make sure that their employees are staying engaged? Yeah. I mean, I was even going to say, I'd argue that if you did have that, um, fear of retaliation by bringing something up like that, I would say that's probably not the right place for you, Mm -hmm. um, as a leader that be in that same line of make sure that you are have an open door where people feel comfortable coming to you and saying, my workload is overloaded. I need some help. Like, is there something we can, you know, split this up? Is there any way we can adjust some of this? I mean, if you are not a welcoming um, leader where people feel like they can be heard, um, it's going to be really difficult to retain employees at this point. Um, I just feel like the culture is shifting. Uh, and people like you guys coming in is the best thing because I feel like it gives that mediator situation where people can feel heard. Um, you can come up with solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think the people you're working with are the best types of leaders because they are willing to hear the feedback. The ones that are saying, no way, Kelsey, don't come in here. Those might be ones that are like, Maybe they need some self-evaluation as to um, the way that they're leading their organization or their team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really think it's it's become a culture of welcoming opinions and adjusting where you need to so you can retain good employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting. We've had a couple um, in the course of a year, we've had a couple leaders say, oh, I don't believe in burnout. <laughs> Um, or just primarily like burnout isn't a thing and I but it's more coming from um kind of more of that that mindset of you go to work you earn a paycheck you know just Mm -hmm. more the it's a more old school approach whereas I think it's a lot of the younger demographic um and I think especially women in the last couple years have really been speaking out about burnout because I think about even just you know typically the the woman if the school shuts down because of a blizzard the woman's the one that oftentimes is staying at home with the kids i've been noticing mm-hmm. it so just um not that the husband doesn't share that responsibility sometimes yep. but in the last couple of years we've just really seen that especially women have been choosing to opt out of work because it's not mm-hmm. even worth working due to like the chaos of the child care and the pandemic and everything so yeah it's tough. Yeah, it's hard. I I think of the poor teachers because like, who's helping them? Kelsey, get in there and help them. I'm like, that is just talk about uh, an occupation that is going to run into such burnout that 
that's going to shift the future of what mm -hmm. education looks like uh, if they don't get this right soon. Um, Teachers but, uh, and healthcare, yeah. healthcare too. It's yeah, just, 100%. yeah, it's tough. Well, I know earlier you mentioned um, reading, I think you said the book of James. Mm -hmm. Is there a favorite story that you've heard in there lately that you guys have read together that you can recall? Um, you know, in the book of James, I think the biggest thing for me, which when I talked about it being convicting, was um, the power of your tongue and the way that you speak. Uh, and so <clears throat> sometimes when we feel threatened or, um, you know, whatever that feeling is, jealousy, um, comparison, we often kind of lash out in our words. And so um, for me, sometimes I have to catch myself for saying things that I shouldn't say or in the heat of the moment. And so that was probably the most um, impactful thing I read was just, if you're going to believe in the word and you're going to read and you're going to act it out, then you better be talking like it as well. And so sometimes for me, it's a, it's a self-check of like, probably shouldn't have said that, you know, one of those things. So that was one of the most um, convicting things in the book for me. But That's so, that's so, so good. I know. Um, yeah. It's easy to, as talkers, mm -hmm. I know for me, sometimes things will just come out. I had it happen a couple of days ago and I thought, you know, that really wasn't something I should be sharing or talking yeah. about with other people. And um, I guess, you know, do you have any tips for women who maybe really struggle with comparison, jealousy, all those things that you're mentioning? Like, how can we support each other to create more positive feelings towards others and using our words in a more positive way? Oh, man. Well, I think we need bio girls for adults. <laughs> and we could all um, take in the messages that we're teaching these girls because I would argue if we all had that in their age group and we were continuously getting these messages that uh, we all need to hear at a young age and developing that inner critic and that inner voice to be a positive one, um, we wouldn't have as many issues trying to combat that as an adult. Uh, so mm -hmm. I would say, um, you know, just getting a good group of friends that I'd say over the last year and a half, especially, um, but again, it's just one connection after the next. And uh, I've really found out that no connection is a bad connection. Sometimes in my line of work, I often get a calendar like filled before I even understand what's happening the next day. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I connecting with him on? And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, here I go. And then I got there and I talked about ulcerative colitis and he said, I just got diagnosed last week and I have no idea what to do. And, and so then I'm, I think to myself, I'm like, that is why, Carly, those are the connections and just listening to those things and being there for one another. And that has really gained a good big circle of amazing human beings in my life that I'm so grateful for. Um, so surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you and tell you the truth um, mm. and tell you, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> those mm. are the people um, that I'm trying to surround myself with. And I feel like I've got a pretty good. Uh, through uh, right now. So mm. I just got goosebumps when you were talking about that guy that you took that yeah. meeting. Because sometimes you get that, you know, you and you the same way you've got so many meetings and um, connections and 
uh, calls and mediators of different things. And you're like, oh man, you know, sometimes you just get into that, like another connection or another meeting. Uh, and then it's always meaningful, no matter what, if it was for what you thought you were going to connect and maybe get um, value out of, it could be something totally different. And so I've chalked it up as no connection is a bad connection for sure. Hmm. I love that. I, I would agree. And sometimes to your point, it's easy to feel exhausted um, and feel like, <laughs> oh, sorry, do you need this? Okay. No, it's okay. Oh. Well, I know we're, um, we're approaching our time here. It's been so fun having this conversation. I feel like we could talk for probably two more hours about all this stuff. Um, so I guess a couple last closing mm -hmm. questions. Um, first, um, you know, our demographic of women, you know, high achieving women trying to do it all, um, trying to balance it all. Do you have any last like really big pieces of advice um, on how these women can remember to like keep faith at the forefront and also take care of themselves? Yeah, I think the biggest thing over the last um, probably six or nine months, I have um, downloaded an app. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, mm -hmm. And on there, you can search anything in the search bar and it will either pull up verses from what you're looking for, uh, plans that you can follow, uh, plans that you can do together with other people. Uh, so, uh, you know, for example, burnout, there will be plans on burnout and there'll be a seven day plan that you could follow or, you know, I was struggling with letting go of something um, recently. And so I literally wrote let go in there and there was plans of how you can forgive and let go of things. Um, and so it was really practical, but also helps you dig in if you've never dug in before um, and kind of gets that ball rolling too. And it's super simple. It's a no brainer. It's right on your phone. Um, super accessible and um, it's a good place to start. Um, you could even write, you know, taking care of yourself or whatever you want in there and it'll pop up um, things that are relevant and give you an action plan. So, so that was you version Bible app. Yep. The you version Bible app. Yep. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll add that to our show notes. And I guess the last question that I wanted to end on with our conversation, because um, I know that you love music. Mm -hmm. um, what is one of your favorite like songs, maybe a worship song or just a song in general mm -hmm. to listen to when you're feeling discouraged or just something that really lifts you up? Oh, to, uh, Look What You've Done is probably one of my favorite songs to pump me up and it takes me back to um the how I'm grateful for the wounds that he put in my life so that it could get me to where I am now but it just reminds me of those moments of hardship and look what he did because of it and through it um and so look what you've done is one of my favorite jams yeah. to get back in it so yeah hmm. one of these days we'll have to have you <laughs> for us <laughs> Yeah, that one might be a little out of range. But <laughs> well, I know you're a beautiful singer. So it just, yeah, that, that was a song or a question that I thought I had to throw in there. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
Well, Carly, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. Um, I'll also include uh, the website to Bio Girls. And then is there any other places that we can find you? You know, just on, I would say I'm active on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram probably most, um, but following our um, accounts for Bio Girls on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. um, and then biogirls.org has a lot of our information on our program and how you can get involved. Um, so finding a way to get involved in something you're passionate about um, outside of work is always a great thing and to help alleviate some of that burnout too. So we'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been another really exciting episode with Carly Mock. Thanks everyone for tuning in and have a great day.